Good evening. This is episode four of Dinnertime Discipleship with the Patel family. We have our usual cast of uh, suspects here. Myself, Neeraj Patel, uh, Christine, my wife, Noah, my 15-year-old son, Eva, my 13-year-old daughter, and Leela, my little seven-year-old girl. Um, today we'll be talking about, we'll be working through Romans chapter 1, uh, verses, what is it, Christine? Uh, 21 to 23? Nope. Nope. 21 through 25. 25. Yes. <clears throat> and it touches on uh, people's uh, rebellion, rebelliousness. Is that a word, rebelliousness? Mm-hmm. Toward, toward God. So uh, Christine's going to be leading most of the discussion, and we'll all be piping in. Uh, but before we get started... Just wanted to remind you guys uh, the reason why we're recording these sessions. It's not supposed to be, as you've probably figured out by now, it's not supposed to be some polished podcast with a slick cover and all that. We're just going about our usual conversations that we have around the dinner table every evening, or most evenings, not every evening. And we just happen to have a microphone here too. And it's just uh, a very candid, fly-on-the-wall look into uh, what what discipleship of our children and each other looks like for our family. And hopefully it's an encouragement for in a, in a, a way to spur discussion and discipleship among yourselves and your families and your children. And uh, we, we hope it's our prayer that it's very encouraging to you in that, in that regard. So uh, Leela is going to have the honors of leading us in prayer and she's, very nervous and got her eye, her hands on her face and she's fake crying and she's smiling at the same time because she's so nervous. Um, but we know she, she's, uh, she's got what it takes. We know that she's, she's shaking her head. She's a child of God. She loves Jesus and you don't need a whole lot to be able to pray. Oh, and she was baptized on Saturday, by the way. How was that? Did you have fun? You can talk. Yes. <laughs> She has a, a mouthful of pancakes and two missing front teeth, so her yes is yes. Uh, she was baptized, and that was while she's chewing. I'll, I'll finish this thought. It was, you know, I got to baptize her. I've gotten the chance to baptize all three of my children, and every time it's a very moving and emotional experience, and this time was not an exception to that. And um, a little bittersweet knowing that I will never get to baptize another one of my children again. Uh, no, don't take another bite so you can avoid praying. I know what you're, now I have to talk longer about stuff and they got to think of something to say. It's not funny. Don't, <laughs> you know what? You're just going to have to pray with a mouthful of pancakes. All right. So uh, anyway, uh, I'll stop talking and turn it over to Leela. Go ahead, Leela. Go ahead, Leela. Take a sip of your OJ. Come on, people are waiting. Better hurry up. All right, go. Dear God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, thank you that that we got to have dinner tonight. And pray that prayer has everything we need. Um, 
you pray for somebody? How about you pray for the people listening? That's kind of hard to do because you don't know them, right? But what's something that's true about all of them? They're all listening to this. So what do you think you can pray pray for for them? Not that I understand anything that we're saying. <laughs> it's a little arrogant, but okay. That sounds good. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's great. Go ahead. Jesus, we, we hope that everyone understands what we're saying. Like Lila said, we hope that what we say today is, even though it's not perfect and maybe not, maybe it's not all right, not all correct, we still pray that it's helpful to other people and um, encouraging to other people. Anything else you want to say, Lila? No. No? Okay, finish it up. Amen. 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 Okay, so we're going to continue on in Romans 1 tonight. And we talked before about how Jesus was the Son of God in the Spirit and in the flesh. What was it? Um, how was it that Jesus is the Son of God in the flesh? By what, what right or what reason is Jesus the Son of God in the flesh? David. Yeah, he's, he's a, a descendant of David. And he's a descendant of God, or a child of God, in the Spirit because of what? Because he's God's Son and the Spirit. Yeah, because of the Holy Spirit. It's pretty straightforward there. And then we talked a little bit about um, just that the evidence of God is everywhere. And then we talked about how Paul is not ashamed of the gospel. And he came first to preach, um, or God actually came to give salvation first to the who? Jews. Jews. And then to the what, Leela? Do you remember what that word is? People that are not Jews? What are we? Starts with a G. Gen Gentiles. Gentiles. Gentiles, yes. So first to the Jew and then to the Gentiles. Um, this translation says the Greek, but it's the same meaning that they're not Jews. First to the Jews and then to the not Jews. Um, and then we talked about God's wrath being on the um, ungodly and unrighteous. And then I'm going to pick up reading now in verse 21, chapter 1 of Romans, verse 21. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile. That means kind of like worthless work in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling, resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore... So because they did all this evil stuff, they became wise in their own eyes. They changed the glory of God for these idols. And does God like when his people do that? No, no, he doesn't. So do you think God's like, oh, cool. That was fun. No. No? What do you think God is going to th do, Noah? Or what do you think God is going to happen? From people having idols. Mm -hmm. Punish them. Punish them in some way? Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe he's just going to... Um, or, or maybe he's going to have a way to make him stop living in the idol. Okay. Well, let's see. In verse 24 and 25, it says, Therefore, so because of what, what the people were doing, God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creator rather than the creator who is blessed forever. 
So what did God do then? What was the, what was the consequence that God gave them? I mean, it sounds kind of simple, but maybe it's not. Do you want me to read it again? Okay, therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. So what does that mean? Does it mean they were punished? They just weren't pure. They weren't pure. Yes, but, but, I mean, when you said what happened to them, so that means they were punished? Well, it wasn't like they were... When you say punished, I think of it as being like a punishment is sort of like... Um, a teaching? No, I think discipline is teaching. Punishment to me is revenge. Now, thinking about everything that you know about God, does it make sense that God is trying to, trying to get revenge on these people? No. no. Why not? Because he's a loving God and he's full of forgiveness. Okay. He is a loving God and he's full of forgiveness. And if that's true, though, then why does he give them over to impurity? I don't think we know that. I think the answer is probably in the difference between um, discipline and punishment. Remember, Leela, what is discipline again? Oh, you deserve this. Oh, you No. Not quite. You're thinking of punishment. Discipline. Like, when I'm, um, if, I need an example. For example, if, uh, a little kid stole a cookie. That's all it's You always keep going back to the cookies, even. Yeah, but it is a cookie. The cookie's like, the... Uh, the mom is like, hey, you stole a cookie, and the kid was like, no. And his mouth is full of cookies, <laughs> and there's crumbs all over his face. And then the mom says... Okay, but I'm going to have to punish you. And what the mom means by punish is discipline, right? So. Okay. I think I see where you're going. I think they'll punish discipline the same way. And you think of punishment and discipline as being the same? Mm-hmm. Punishment to me, like I said, is revenge. It's like, you know, you hurt me and so I'm going to hurt you back. Or you offended me, so I'm going to offend you back. Which is kind of like I said, like you don't want to deserve. Well, punishment, then punishment only be done with, by someone with more authority. Hmm. What'd you say? Can punishment only be done by somebody with more authority? Maybe. Maybe. Well, so if, if, if that's the case, then it's not revenge. That's too long. Punishment is deserve, but it's not really revenge. A four-year-old okay. can't dis- punish a mom, can they? You could. Yeah, I think that a, a four-year-old could try to get revenge on their mom. Maybe, like, the four-year-old doesn't like that they have to take a nap, and so they get revenge by waking mom up next time she tries to go to sleep. But I want you to think about, go back to that cookie analogy. So imagine that you stole a cookie. Punishment is, um, you know, now you owe me, you know, a new cookie, or, like, you have to make me more cookies now. Or I'm going to make you pay for that in some way. Just oh, I tell you. Discipline is saying, you stole something. I'm disappointed in you. This is why we don't steal. Stealing, if you steal, that means that I can't trust you. It means that you've broken one of God's laws. Stealing is, um, it makes your heart hard. It's not good for your soul. Do you understand the difference? Yes, I One is teaching. Discipline is teaching. Punishment is... I, I imagine it being like kind of shaking a fist. Like, I'm going to make you pay 
You'll never get away with this. Oh. Yes. Are you guys sure about this? That isn't it possible that God disciplines those who are his children and punishes or has revenge on those who are not? I think that's probably true. When I say his children, I don't mean in the sense People. of creation. I mean in the sense of believers. Yeah. Adoption into Christ's family or into God's family through uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Um, so when he says here, when Paul says here in Romans, that he gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, we're having a conversation about pancakes right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So these people are doing evil stuff, and God gives them over to the lusts of their heart and to impurity. So to me, what that means, what I think that means, is that these people have decided over and over and over again that they are going to do something evil, something wrong. Now, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us to tell us, hey, that's wrong. We shouldn't do that. And God gifts that to people. It's sort of like a conscience. You know what your conscience is, right? It tells you. The little guy with the hat and umbrella that's sitting on the shoulder. Yeah. The hat and the umbrella? Yeah, and he's like, oh, give me Christmas. Jiminy Christmas? Like an old grumpy man or something. Like, with the parent on his shoulder. And you're like, yeah, that's the Lord. In the cartoons, there's like a little guy. And sometimes, when I was a kid, I used to see like a little angel on one shoulder and a little demon on the other. But maybe it's Jiminy Cricket. He's a good example. My conscience has an angel and a demon. Right. So, anyway, God gives the Holy Spirit, which acts sort of like a conscience, to believers. Um, but the thing is that if you constantly tell the Holy Spirit, just, eh, I don't want to listen to that, or just leave me alone, I got this, then do you think God's going to keep reminding you and keep reminding you and keep reminding you? Because, like, they, like, they gave you the gift that you actually use. And, like, I'm not going to remind you. Just... Oh, why wouldn't we? Because you want you to uh, um, want you to not sin. Well, yes. But, but, um, like he gave you something, and I'm pretty sure it's what we talked about yesterday. Like something like yesterday. And um, it was like... Did you lose your train of thought? Yes. Okay. Um, if you get it back, just let me know. So here's the thing. Is God ever going to force us to do what's right and what's good? No, we have free will. I, I remember. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like the guy that um, like he, like he buried Jesus's power or something. And then um, it's kind of like doing it with the Holy Spirit. Like you just... Burying in the ground, and you're like, no, I don't need this. He's probably not going to keep reminding you because he already gave you something that already helps you with it. Mm, that's a really interesting connection. You're thinking of the talents where where this master gave the guys different amounts of money, and then he comes back later and says, "What did you do with the the money I gave you?" And the evil guy just buries it. And you're saying that's kind of like what we do with the Holy Spirit when we don't listen. Mm-hmm. We just bury it, and then God's not happy with us because. 
You know, what did you do with the Holy Spirit that I gave you? And like I was saying a second ago, God's not going to force us to do what's right. Well, um, well, why wouldn't God just give another chance to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to? Because he still doesn't want you to sin, and he uh, probably will try to prevent it. So, do you, do you think it's always best, though, for God to give you another chance and another chance and another chance? Or do you think at some point there needs to be a consequence? Well, uh, at some point there needs to be a consequence, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be soon, though. Hang on, you're both talking at the same time. Go ahead, Noah. At some point, there should be a consequence, but it should at least teach them which should lead to them uh, believing the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the consequence should lead to repentance. Mm-hmm. What were you about to say? It's kind of like the song, like, God is the God of second chances. He is from Jonah. God is a God of second chances. Yeah, he is. But, Leela, he is a God of second chances. But... Do you think that you should get chance after chance after chance after chance no. after chance? Why not? But the second chance. Because, like, he's just going to keep giving it to you. And he's like, why am I giving this person so many things? Like, so many reminders. I already gave them this thing. And they should have used it. Right. Well, if you think about it, like, if you look at it from far away, it's kind of basically, like, you don't even have to repent. I'll just forgive you automatically. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, like, you basically just don't get punishments for anything. Right. If, if there's never a consequence for your poor choices, then how do you ever become better? And do you think God wants us to stay in our sin? Nope. No, so instead of, instead of having the Holy Spirit having to tell you over and over again, then you get a consequence? Yeah, that's where, yeah, I think that's what it means here because it was saying... God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. So it sounds like what God is doing here is he's like, you know what? You're not learning anything. Sometimes you can learn a lot about God by getting a second chance. What can you learn about God by getting a second chance? Uh, You'll know what will happen if you do it again. You might. He's forgiving. You might learn that he's forgiving. You might learn that he's graceful. That means he gives you another chance. But does God have to be graceful? No, he doesn't have to. No. And I think that we get into trouble when we start expecting that he's going to be graceful. We keep on going on in our sin, expecting that God is going to be graceful to us. And just, eh, it doesn't matter. God is, God's got me, God, God has let me get away with this a hundred times before. Who cares if I do it one more time? Because it's all grace. It's not ever owed to you. And so as soon as you start feeling like, you know, God owes me another chance. Mm. Yeah, just because he let you with it all those times doesn't mean he's going to let you let you with it again. Right, because sometimes you learn more from getting a second chance. Sometimes you learn more from getting a consequence. Can you think of a time when you had a consequence and you learned something from it? Like, um, um, when I fell off, fell, not jumped off the dresser and jumped my wrist, I learned Not to jump off of furniture? Fall off of furniture. Okay, but you shouldn't be standing on furniture. <laughs> wow. I was eight. I was like, five years ago. Okay, but it's a good lesson to learn, right? Like, don't do this thing that's going to cause problems. And you were warned before not to do dangerous things. And, you know, God said, okay, you need to have a consequence to help you remember now not to do this again. 
Can anybody else think of another example of a time when you learned more from a consequence than you did from a second chance? Okay, well, it's not really of a consequence. Uh, never mind. Never mind? This is... Nobody wants to fess up to anything? Nothing. In the backyard? How about... Mm. Um, when I caught all three of y'all running around outside the pool. Yeah, that. Yeah, there was a consequence for that, right? Mm-hmm. No pool for a long time now. Because, because that was very we dangerous. were swimming for someone you were watching it. That was a consequence that I gave you. What would have been an even worse consequence if I had given you a consequence? What would be an even worse consequence that would have happened because you were running around outside the pool without a grown-up out there? Did I? To what? Die? <laughs> no, that's serious. Somebody could have died. What if what if oh, Layla fell in the pool? I thought you meant something else. Yeah, that would have be been more serious. Like you're running around the grass and you're like, uh. <laughs> Okay. So do you see why your parents giving you a consequence sometimes is better than God giving you a consequence? Mm-hmm. Sometimes don't have as much power as God does. Yes, but when you learn from a mistake with a small consequence, that's better than learning from a mistake with a big consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's there's natural consequences and there's unnatural consequences. Do you guys understand the difference between them? Natural, natural consequences. is like when your mom's like, all right, banishing me. Banishing me. And then natural consequences, a tree falls on your because, like, the tree is about to fall, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so doing something kind of foolish, you kind of get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what does this tell us about the character of God getting these consequences? Just besides the fact that we said he's graceful, he's forgiving, what other things could we learn about the character of God from this? Uh-huh. From this passage, what can we learn about the character of God? He cares about us and wants us to learn from our mistakes so we don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And so we learn our lesson and not to, not to ever do it again. That's basically what I said. Well, actually, kind of, you know, the actual kind of thing. What do we learn about what's important to God? What we do. What we do. What we do is important to God, but there was something that he wanted from the people, and they didn't give it to him. We wanted, yes, he did want praise and worship, but he also wanted them to not sin. He wanted them to honor him with their behavior. You get that? You wanted them. To not have idols. They did have idols. Um, Their hearts became darkened. They didn't honor him. They didn't give thanks. Um, Let's see, what else? I'm looking here in the passage. So they claimed to be wise. They were like, oh yeah, I'm so smart. I'm so wise. But they weren't wise. Because wisdom is understanding and knowing God. And if you knew God, would you do those things? Well, that's not the general definition of wisdom. But what is the general definition of wisdom? Like, uh, like you always like, know what to do. You like, Fancy word for smart. Well, no, not I, really. 
What's the difference between, I'm sorry, Eva, what were you saying? I think it means more experienced. I know. I have said that too. Well, is God experienced? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Knowledge is like things you learn yeah, it's like, like it's from like, your brain. It's like things like you already know. It's like facts. Things, there, you know. Wisdom is things like something you've done. Or it's like intelligence. So do you have to make mistakes to have wisdom, or can you learn from other people's mistakes? You can learn from both your and other people's. Yeah, which I think is the whole point of this passage, is look at the mistakes that these people made. You should learn from those mistakes. This, These are the mistakes that they made. This is the consequence they got. You learn a lesson there, right? Like, mm, that didn't make God happy. So back to my question. What does that tell us about what God wants from us? Obedience, right? Mm-hmm. He wants us to be obedient. Is it for his good or for our good? Or both? Both. 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 Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add? I think wisdom is intelligence or experiences. I think wisdom is one of those things that's hard to to define, but you know it when you see it. It's, uh, I guess the best way I can describe it is knowing in every situation or most situations, knowing what the right thing to do is. That's my theory. Yeah, and, and... the right thing to do that produces the best outcome. And that doesn't take intelligence necessarily. I know a lot of people who are wise who are not intelligent and a lot of people who are intelligent are not wise. I think it goes back to what you're saying about what wisdom is, I think is the definition that I gave, which is that it's knowing the heart of God. But that's not the general definition. It's not the general definition. The, the general definition. It's not, not the secular definition, is what you mean. Yes. But Do you know what secular means? But it, I don't know what secular meant when I was raised. So uh, it may not be the, the general definition or the secular definition, but that does not mean it's not the right definition. It's, it's the right definition, definition, but not the general one. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, Nears, the secular definition is like you know it when you see it, and it's just doing knowing to do the right things at the right times, but that is absolutely the character and nature of God. And I think it's important, too, to not shush the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, hey, this is wrong, you listen, you pay attention. And the way that you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit is, number one, you ask God, and number two, you practice listening. Because the more you shush the Holy Spirit, the less you can hear it. Hear Him. Him. Okay. Anything else? I think we tend to de-emphasize the Holy Spirit because we think of him as an it. But that's not really relevant. Spirit's not it. Yeah, that might be another discussion for another day. But that's that's a very good point. Can we go back to the Bible and definitions of words? If you couldn't hear, Leela says, can we go back to reading the Bible instead of discussing definitions of words? Well, do you think that it's important to understand what words mean in the Bible? Why? Well, if I don't understand any of the words that say me or dad say, 
and you ask me tons of questions. I'm not going to know anything about it. Okay. So you're not going to understand what's going on if you don't know what the words mean. Yeah. I think it's important, too, to know the difference between different ideas. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Anybody have anything else? Nope. Don't talk about your alcohol. Have you eaten any fruit yet? Or just sausage and pancakes? There were have blueberries some, in the pancakes. Does that count? No, it doesn't count. <laughs> have some eggs and some fruit, please. We're doing breakfast for dinner in case you can't tell. All right. So anything else, anybody? No. Okay. Wrapping up episode four. Um, I think just for those listening, I think we're probably going to do three episodes, maybe four a week if we're feeling particularly energetic. But uh, we are like everybody else. And there's days we're just tired and beat and not feeling up to it in those days we won't record but i think you can expect an average of three three or four from us per week y'all think that's reasonable mm -hmm. makes sense More or less, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay anyway guys uh hope you're encouraged and uh, have a have a uh, hope you enjoyed listening to the episode and Lila. what baby doctor yeah dr alila <laughs> <laughs> you know for for a doctor you spend a lot of time like Expelling pancakes from between her teeth instead of <laughs> contributing to the conversation. She's a pancake doctor. All right, guys, signing off. Good night. Bye.